Imagine you're a retailer with hundreds of stores all over the country or all over the world. How do you determine how to stock your shelves if you sell, let's say, clothing or fashion items? Well, it's a pretty laborious task, but as it often happens, retailers will look at what other retailers like them are selling, have been selling, and that might sort of serve as a baseline for what would be intelligent choices for them to put on their shelves. We're talking about billions of dollars in inventory, and it makes sense to optimize it. This week, we talked to Alejandro Giacometti, who is the data science lead at a company called Edited in London. This is a company that helps retailers with sort of inventory optimization. And we speak with Alejandro about how artificial intelligence can be used to kind of scrape the web, for lack of more sophisticated terms, for the inventory and the listings and, and sort of the product clusters and individual products of major retailers and fashion brands to help inform other retailers on what products might be popular, what products are popular consistently, what products might we estimate have better margins uh, so that retailers can make more informed decisions. There's two big takeaways, I think, for this episode for executive listeners, one of which is this broad capability of sort of monitoring the competition with artificial intelligence. This is by no means something that's only going to show up in retail. As many of you who are on techemergence.com are already well aware, we cover retail in great depth. We have a lot of great reports on retail. We've gone into all kinds of the different sort of functions within retail, everything from customer service to managing fraud to you name it. But this, this broad capability is going to show up elsewhere and I think is worth having on the radar. That's number one. Number two, I think that Edited is actually doing something pretty interesting in terms of how they offer their product. So this is a company that garners its information from what's freely available on the web. And so they don't actually have to kind of integrate themselves into the very complicated inventory management systems or very complicated kind of skew management systems within big retailers in order to train their algorithms and garner value from data, uh, they simply do that with what's available online, which sort of bypasses a lot of the admittedly pretty grand hurdles of integration that really keeps AI from getting uh, traction in the enterprise. I'm not necessarily lauding edited as a company. I haven't used their product. I haven't read uh, into all of their case studies extensively, but I was interested in the approach that they have as being a vendor who kind of bypasses a good deal of the integration concerns that maybe a lot of other solutions might. And it's a pretty curious trend that frankly, I hope picks up in other sectors. So if you're a buyer or a seller of AI, I think that it's cool to see how people are trying to make this more accessible to companies. And I do talk with, with Alejandro kind of anecdotally throughout the episode about that. So monitoring and integration, I think are big takeaways. Uh, without further ado, let's hop right into this. I'm Dan Figella, you're listening to AI and Industry, and this is Alejandro with Edited. So Alejandro, uh, I can imagine that for retailers who have dozens, never mind hundreds of physical stores, being able to stock their inventory to stand out from their competitors, to prepare for certain holidays is a very, very time-consuming and kind of laborious task. And I know that that's what you folks are working on, kind of cracking away at with the artificial intelligence. Maybe walk us through how did that job used to get done and sort of where is AI playing a role in chipping away and making that a bit easier? Yeah, sure. So uh, main, m- most of our customers are buyers and merchandisers in big fashion retailers. And the, the process that they used to have to do is they, they had these this comp shops, which is a, a lot of like analysts would walk 
through the stores in the high streets, you know, they would go into Oxford Street in London or whatever, Five Fifth Avenue in New York, and uh, walk into their competitors' uh, stores and with a notebook for looking at specific products, for example, uh, looking at what is new in outerwear in in this season. And so they would they would keep a list of every jacket that is in the, in the stock, what's the price, what's the material, what colors, what kind of graphics, and they would tally all this sort of information. Uh, manually every every week or every couple of weeks and then they would go back to these large meetings where they would compare and contrast like what sort of uh, new trends were happening in in shops in malls in shops in high streets and and then often they would ha- also have a digital team that would go to their competitors websites and gather all this information in an extremely manual manner and so one of the main ways that we can help these people is when they log into editor immediately they have access to you know, hundreds of millions of products uh, where they can search per market, per region. They can uh, filter through colors or even patterns and they can pinpoint exactly where their competitors are and have a broad view of exactly what's happening in the market on a real-time basis. So just to be clear here, uh, can I, just to clarify this, Alejandro, if I could step in for a second, I, I want to make sure the, the listeners know what you're saying. Essentially, you guys are able to find the publicly available data about what's available on e-commerce stores, I can imagine, because I don't know if every store has digital representation of what they have in stock at each single location. I don't even know if you can do that with Macy's or whatnot. That might be a little hard, but you can at least see from what I gather, what are the e-commerce offerings across all these different product categories? And, and there's a scraping process happening here in the background that sounds like it's pretty sophisticated to put things in the right categories, to make sure this image is tied to this description, this title is for this product, because it, you know I could see someone who, who just built a, a scraping tool over the weekend, not every e-commerce site is set up in the same way where you can very easily drink in all the images, titles, and descriptions of a product and specs and, and automatically know, oh yeah, just put them in these columns. It's going to be perfect. You know, the, the formatting there is complicated. So it, it sounds like a very sophisticated kind of functionality for scraping that, that then you can use to train algorithms on what kind of style is it? What kind of colors is it? What kind of designer is it? Am I you know, touching on the right process here, Alejandro, or is there more detail there? Yeah, that's absolutely right. We have like this very pretty complex system of crawlers uh, that go out to every, uh, about, you know, more than a few thousand retailers all over the world, where they gather every single product that is available on their website every single day. And so that, that gets, all of that information is sort of Provided in a way where that retailers have decided to say so. so some some retailers, you know, uh, have their own hierarchies. They they might, for example, focus only in underwear, and so they might have like a very detailed hierarchical way in, in which yeah. they you know put their products in. And so uh, we our crawlers just go to the website, go one by product by product, gathering every skew, every you know image, every product description. And then we gather those in sort of like a, a central location. And there's where we have like some pretty sophisticated artificial intelligence, which looks at patterns throughout the, the, the whole market of data. And we have our own hierarchical classification that we've worked really hard uh, alongside uh, experts in, in, in the domain in fashion, where we have decided uh, how to precisely categorize 
every single product that comes into our in, into our system uh, and not just categorize them in like our traditional hierarchies for example whether something is like you know you, you could say uh, footwear and then uh, something is a part a category of footwear would be a boot or a shoe or something like that but then inside of a, sh a shoe you have oxfords or something like that so we have like very sort of like precise hierarchies but then we also have like some pretty advanced uh, convolutional neural networks that like look at the images of the specific boot for example and determine whether it has a heel or it doesn't have a, have a has a heel so when our when a, when a buyer is actually looking to compare what what to find what products their their assortment is going to compete to they have a they have some very fine grained filters that they can uh, select a section of the market and then they can do interesting things uh, like looking at the variation in pricing week on week or month on month or looking at the same season the last year or variations in colors or whether okay. the particular pattern is coming out, is, is, is trending this year or something like this. So maybe here's what I'm imagining. I'm just thinking about a use case. Let's say, you know, I run a, a bunch of stores for, you know, kids clothing, uh, you know, children's clothes. And, you know, we're back to school season is coming around, let's just say hypothetical example. And I want to know what kind of shoes and what kind of, you know, shirts uh, should I be putting on my shelves it would be useful to get an understanding of what do the other major national retailers in, in my space have listed there? What what were they listing the same time last year? What were they listing the same time the year before? And maybe I'd find some insight through through that kind of process to, to get an understanding of like, okay, well, this kind of shoe has been a big, big part of every single year of my major competitors, you know, back to school plan. And so, you know, I'm going to assume that they're doing that because it works because they have access to all kinds of other other shoes, but they stock a lot of these around this time of year. So I'm going to try to do a good amount of that as well. Is that an example of of like an insight that I could coax out if I could get an understanding of those historical trends? Yeah, that's that's perfectly right. And even more than that, like we we find that products follow different patterns, and this is something that maybe it would have been it wouldn't have been apparent like a few years ago without edited. In that there are some products that are really really successful in that they they can be in the market for years and they they never really go out of stock in in the sense that they come back season after season you know as you say maybe a back to school sort of not promotion but uh, a back to school strategy from uh, specific retailers uh, on the other hand there are some some products that are just trends you know or maybe something that they're just trying out. So, for example, yellow dresses. Maybe, maybe, maybe last summer you would have seen a few retailers trying out a couple of yellow dresses, and you'd seen them for maybe a few days or a few weeks or something like that. But they're most likely they were in the market for you know just a short amount of time, maybe with a stable pricing. But then one exactly one season later, you would see an explosion of the same sort of yellow dresses. And what you would have been able to pinpoint with Edited is these sort of small sort of tests that retailers are making maybe one season prior to the the one that in in which a product is going to be extremely successful but on the other hand a yellow dress after it has had a a wave uh for the next season maybe it's not going to be such a big thing right so if you see that a massive volume uh, of yellow dresses appeared last season this is where the experts in the industry and where we're not trying to replace them come in they're they're always going to have that sort of know-how whether they're gonna they're gonna make the decision on whether something is likely to you know come back or something that you know is is now here to stay. Got it. Yeah, and, and as mentioned, you know, just being able to have access to that information lets human experts make smarter decisions. But the the place where AI is playing a role 
is is not necessarily in the construction of your complicated taxonomy, which you guys have had to work with human experts to to build. It's not necessarily in visualizing the changes of you know uh, what style of shoes were being sold in children's stores uh, over the last let's say eight years during the months of September, you know October, November. AI is being used to categorize products, so to to scrape sort of the available product listings at, at different locations or different retailers and be able to say, okay, this is a, I don't know, I, I literally know nothing about fashion, Alejandro, so this is a horrible example <laughs> for me, but, uh, you know, this, this is a, uh, I don't know, uh, like, I, like some, some certain style of blouse, like, you know, Lord under the sun knows what, what the hell styles they'd be identified as, but some, some sort of category. Uh, and, and then maybe for shoes, we would say, you know, is this like, formal shoes? Are these more casual shoes? Are these more like flats? Are these more like boots? You know, like whatever bucket we want to put them in. That process mm-hmm. of bucketing for, for you folks is sort of where AI can can get that done at scale. Because obviously, if you're scraping thousands of retailers on a daily basis, you know, it's very computationally expensive to do it with machines, but it's way easier than having to do it with humans. So it sounds like it's it's really that bucketing that machines can kind of proxy Based on, I, I would imagine, a lot of labels, they can proxy where does this item go, where does this item go, where does this item go. Yeah, and I mean, traditional analysts would have had to do the same thing. Like They would have had to go to a store and decide which one of the products that they're seeing on the shop are competing with the products that we are planning on putting in this next season. Uh, and in fact, we've, we've recently run a study, we published a, a blog post about this, but where we compare the performance of our machines, of our algorithms against experts in the industry. And we found that our algorithms were doing a better job more consistently than experts. Yeah, well, so, as, as, as a vendor company, I couldn't have suspected you to post it up if you didn't find that result. But, but you know, to your, to your credit, I can imagine there are many instances where that is the case. And it sounds like, you know, to be able to catch up to humans is, is not impossible here. I wanted to fit in one last question, Alejandro, before we we wrap up, uh, and, and that sure. is about where we're working towards in the field. I think a lot of the folks we have tuned in, again, to the tune of 70,000 business folks in retail on techemergence.com in a given month, they're wondering, man, what what is kind of determining our inventory, determining what we have in stock, you know, stocking our shelves? What does that look like five or 10 years from now? How is the game really going to change? Clearly, you guys are you know, have a, have an interesting and novel application here. Uh, we talked off microphone about sort of some of the unique things that you folks are doing. But when you look to the future about what that retailer's job is going to be, how it's going to be even more informed, maybe how it's going to be even more smart and real time, what does that future look like to you? If you could sum it up in a couple minutes, I think people would really like to know your thoughts. Yeah, um, I think in a sense, like the the data that we've been collecting for like the past 10 or 20 years uh, has recently empowered like a host of algorithms and tools and ideas about where it's going to take us in in sort of the retail space and and i think the the power of this information that we've gathered so far can only get better if we uh, become better at using it basically and uh, the i think the main space that i can see is there's a lot of different kinds of ways in which the products do well in the market there is no, there's no sort of single measure for success. Uh, and so if basically machines can help us identify the different ways in which the products can be successful in the market that uh, can, can, can help us make better decisions about what products to stock where, and where to sell them, what prices to sell them in. Uh, so, for example, uh, we were speaking before about products that are 
basically, I think, long-term cash cows, let's say. Something sure, that sure. Is, yeah. is a, a, High a margin product products, that, yep. Yes. That is significantly different to a product that is, you know, that is, that is trend-based or different than a product that you can have because maybe a, a trend-based product is, is like a high margin for like a second but uh, you really need to figure out how many of them you need to stock for example that's not those are decisions that traditionally has been have been made by people with generally a feel for the industry and good taste but the power of data is basically to give us some evidence to take those decisions and and without replacing the the experts in the industry yeah. Okay. So if I can put a, a wrapper around what you've said and tell me if I'm wrong here, because I'm trying to pick up on where you're going, but I, I, I think I see where you're headed, is that maybe some of what is still in the space of human intuition, of that, that educated human intuition around you know, what's, a, what's a flash in the pan, so to speak, versus what is an actual long-term cash cow, you know, what, are the, what are the interim signs of, of product listing activity that tend to correlate to you know, something that's going to have staying power in a store versus something that's not. It sounds like some of those things, which maybe today, given the, where the technology is, maybe your, your product, other products, is still almost entirely in the human purview. Maybe there will be common patterns that will be coaxed out. So humans can augment not only their decision making, but even maybe even more and more their intuition can be informed by AI finding these patterns below the surface. Um, is that is that a safe assumption here? Yeah, that's exactly it. I think the, the the power of the of the intuition is never going to be replaced by machines, but it's going to be enhanced. Yeah. So yes, yes. having having the, the experts in the in the discipline is always going to be necessary. I think I've heard it described before as uh, AI is a good dishwasher. So it's not it's never going to replace the chef that is going to great that is going to make the great meal, but it might help uh, the chef wash the dishes and get out you know the gritty parts out of the way. And maybe in the future, it's not just going to wash the dishes, but gonna you know cut the vegetables in a really good way. So in, in a sense, in, in retail, that, that, is, that is where we are now. We have a lot of data, so we can, we can basically know what the, what the average price for a, for a pair of jeans is in the market today. But we don't know whether that is a single market or several markets working in, with different dynamics. And, and that's where the, the power of AI is going, is going to come, is to, and to help us sort of identify those small patterns rather than just a, a single big one. So if we identify those small patterns, then we might be able to understand, you know, what times is it better to release products, what what prices to have them, where to release them. But it, it might also it, it, it might also even start suggesting us places where we haven't even tried to you know compete before because of the power of data and algorithms to make sense of this enormous amount of data. Yeah, and I can imagine in the future you folks might even need to do additional kinds of scraping to get a, a more informed sense of that. You know, to have some some proxy for sales volumes, for example, some proxy for margin estimates, some proxy for so the more information we can train on, the the, the more we can see these patterns over time. Maybe the more, as you said, we can augment the human intuition. Uh, and and yes, to your point, we are at dishwashing level AI. I think in the future we'll have vegetable chopping AI. We are a little ways off from, from chefs. I'm not going to say never on chefs, but you are certainly correct in that we are nowhere close today. So Alejandro, that's all that we have for time, but I sincerely appreciate you breaking down some of your insights and sharing with us here on the AI and Industry Podcast. So thanks so much. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for having me.
That's all for this episode on the AI and Industry Podcast, where we explore the applications and implications of AI in your business or industry. And when it comes to those benefits of real insight in terms of artificial intelligence applications in business, this show is really just the tip of the iceberg. AI and Industry is produced by Tech Emergence, and over at techemergence.com, you can find actionable industry-specific coverage, including case studies, unique market research with charts and graphs, and regular coverage of the AI applications of both the hottest startups here in the Bay Area, as well as what Fortune 500 companies are doing with AI today. Everything from marketing and advertising, business intelligence, to specific industries like finance and healthcare, you can stay ahead of the curve and stay on the right side of disruption by visiting techemergence.com. And when you're there, make sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter on the left-hand side of the page. Uh, Most of our podcast listeners get the episodes directly to their inbox every week. You'll be joining tens of thousands of other business leaders who join us from all over the world to stay ahead of the curve of AI in their specific industry. So that's techemergence.com. I'm Dan Figella. This is AI and Industry, and we'll catch you next week.